Glad to have you. So, going on, we were talking about the uh, the Greg Jennings stuff here at the top of the hour, and uh, we are broadcasting live at Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes, Mike Clements is going to be here. There's a lot of activity, as you can see on the Bud Light live stream down below, where uh, you've got uh, a good group of people milling around. But this today is really the kickoff. Uh, today is the kickoff to the hometown rally, and there are tens of thousands to, uh, of people that are coming to town that are going to be in the Milwaukee area, um, and they're just kind of coming in for the the rides, uh, for lack of a better term. There's Every dealership in the area has an event going on uh, of some type, and uh, they've got bands, they've got... But, but here at Wisconsin Harley, this is the biggest. I mean, they have two stages, 23 bands. They have just a, a long array of vendors and food trucks and different things from, you know, uh, people that make custom seats all the way to, you know, new headlights for your bike and custom wear and stuff. So all kinds of stuff. So um, that being said, um, just a lot going on. Uh, we also were talking about Greg Jennings just a few uh, ago and him being inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame and the bitterness, I guess, that some people have towards him. And I remember the game that Rick brought it up over on the Bud Light live stream, and he said, you know, that uh, that game that Aaron Rodgers suggested that someone else sign him. Um, and I, I remember that. And it was an area of, I, you know, contentiousness maybe at that point in time um, because, you know, Greg Jennings always wanted to remain a Green Bay Packer, and that didn't transpire. So I, I understand where, where Jennings is coming from because he felt, you know, maybe his guy, the guy, his leader, um, should have protected him. You know, should have wanted him instead of turning around saying, you know, you should sign this guy. But I don't, I don't think it went much farther than that specifically from Greg. You know, again, when I said this to everybody that was going back and forth on Twitter, going back and forth on Facebook, people that were hitting me up via email, I said, what specifically can you remember where he was overly detrimental to the Green Bay Packers, to Aaron Rodgers, or what have you? And nobody gives me a specific. They just say, well, he's always been bitter. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, maybe. You know, he wanted to be a Packer forever, and they kind of cut him loose. So, okay, think of all the former jobs you and I have had. And your former employer cut you loose when you thought maybe you'd be there forever, and it didn't happen. Um, so I, I I get that. But beyond that, I can't remember anything specific that was stated. You know what I mean? I know what his sister said. She came off that Rodgers was petty. He wasn't feeding him the ball. He wasn't looking for him, you know, at the detriment of an offense. Um, you know, so I... I don't know. I don't know. This is what, uh, you know, I, I got a couple things running here. And we got Mike Clements coming up here in about 10 minutes. Um, Merlin says Jennings was quite bitter and negative when the Packers let him go. He was purposely talking crap. The Packers brainwashed players. Uh, then when he started getting backlash, he said it was it was in fun. Well, no, but they do. I mean, come on. Every team does. You know, brainwash is a strong word, but again, it's a sharp word. But, you know, every team wants you to be that. Tell me something. Okay, let, let's back up here for a second. 
anything you do for someone, for a company, for a person, whatever, you want to feel like it's the best, that there's a way of doing things, your way is the right way, right? So in essence, we all brainwash employees and brainwash one another. I get that. Brainwash is a a a, a descriptive term almost seeming like it's this dictatorship in a kingdom in which you're made to fall in line. So I get that. I completely understand it. Um, and when you say Jennings is the bitter one still, you can't give me any specifics. That's just it. What has he said recently that, and again, I'm not defending the guy. I just think that there's people that have gone overboard and your your view is jaded. And you can't come up with anything, but you're just pissed. And I don't know what for. Without Jennings, you don't win a Super Bowl. I mean, this guy's not Antonio Brown, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? So I don't know why people are just so upset for lack of a better term. Uh, if you want to chime in, do so. Um, I'm going to step out for a moment. Ben Kenny's going to take over for just a few. We're going to bring Mike Clemens in coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes. But this is what Greg Jennings had to say at uh, his Hall of Fame induction ceremony last night about being a Packer. This Packer family will always be family to me. No matter what family goes through, Family always finds a way to make it right. And this moment, why it's so important to me, it's because I never thought, I never even considered this moment. It was never in my dreams. It was never a desire of mine. But it's here. And it's not here just because of me. It's here because of the family that recognize what I provided in that locker room on that field. All right. I'm Ben Kenny. Uh, I'm taking over for Bill here for a couple minutes. He will be back. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us next, taking us to the end of the show. I'm sure talking about Greg Jennings induction into the Packers hall of fame, as well as what's to come. Coming up roster-wise, personnel-wise, practice-wise, as the Packers look forward to playing the Minnesota Vikings coming up next weekend. The final weekend uh, here without NFL football. For me, I mean, the football season has kind of already begun. The Badgers are in action coming up tomorrow night. And if you know me or any of my work, I do a show here on The Zone, Kenny and Heilprin, where we talk all Badger football, Badger sports So to get away from the Jennings conversation for a second, because Bill is obviously better equipped to have that conversation than myself, uh, given the time he has spent and how close he is to the Green Bay Packers organization, him and Mike Clemens are going to take over and continue that conversation coming up here uh, in about eight minutes. But coming up tomorrow, just real quick, as we as we. Head into break and and get Mike on the line. Wisconsin, Illinois State, 33-point spread there. Wisconsin is favored over under 38.5. Kind of odd, uh, like a 36-2 projected score in a way. Uh, I like the over in this one. I think points are scored. Wisconsin shouldn't have any trouble. This Illinois State team is, they were the 36th ranked team in the FCS last year. So 
I one of the top 180, I guess, football programs in the country should not be anything close to a test. So if you see the Badgers come out and struggle and it is a close game, I think there is definitely alarms that that can be fired if that were to happen. I do not think it will. I think Graham Mertz plays a half on Saturday. I think we get the backups in maybe midway through the third quarter when a three touchdown or four touchdown lead is built there. But there's a bunch of stuff that I'm, I'm going to sit back here and, and watch for. So I, wherever you are watching this game, whether it's at the stadium itself, uh, out at any bar across this great state, at home, uh, wherever, whether you're listening on radio, things I'm watching for. It's, it's weird because when the NFL starts its season, right, you're obviously Packers, Vikings, NFC North, right out of the gate. Big time game with big time implications here. I, the implications are not really far stretching from this football game coming up on Saturday. So I'm really excited to see the young guys. That's first and foremost off the bat. I want to see what Mertz can do. But when you're talking about the defense that replaces eight starters uh, and returns Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton and a couple others, eight starters, usually when that turnover happens, the defense struggles. I don't think that will happen. Uh, all indications are this defense will be terrific again, but I want to see what those young guys, the young studs look like there and maybe how they're deployed, right? Whether we see snap percentage at outside linebacker and, and how they're, they're moved in and out with the depth and the talent they have at that position. Uh, Jordan Turner at inside linebacker. That's another big one to me that I'm watching to see uh, maybe what he could do taking over for Jack Sanborn, big shoes for Jack Sanborn, and Leo Chanel. But the number one thing, uh, when Mertz is on the field, I need to see this offense overall. And this is going to be a theme throughout this year. You'll hear me talk about it. I need to see this offense be more explosive. They were uh, just Mertz first last year, completion percentage on passes more than 20 yards down the field, uh, only a 59.7 passer rating, 23.8 completion percentage. 42 passes, 289 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Not effective in that area. We saw some games lost there, uh, and obviously not really any games won in that regard. Wisconsin struggled with the really good teams last season. They were able to beat the crap out of the, the poor teams, but we need to see Mertz and the offense as a whole get more explosive. Like when we sit here and think back, what are the best Wisconsin offenses we've seen in the last uh, four or five years? 2019 comes to mind. And right off the bat, South Florida, Wisconsin at South Florida that year. In week one, we saw Jonathan Taylor break long runs. We saw long receptions. We saw a hint of what was to come in terms of the explosiveness. So that's first and foremost for me. A couple of things I'm keeping tabs on, but uh, I'm excited. Listen, the season's starting. I get it. But in terms of... Uh, whether there's actually whether the game will be in question, I do not think so. I think we end up seeing the backup quarterback come in maybe midway through the third, uh, entering the fourth quarter. And then you move forward. You get Washington State, Pac-12 team, kind of rebuilding, coming into town next weekend. And then a New Mexico State team that Minnesota throttled last night, like 400 total yards to 40. What New Mexico State didn't come close to scoring. And then after that, you go to Columbus. Ohio State is on the docket, and you're into Big Ten play. So uh, that's just a couple of things to keep an eye on when you're sitting there and watching the young depth, maybe how they're deployed on the defensive side, whether the offense can be explosive, and then when the backups come in, what the backup quarterback looks like. We know that is a position battle to watch 
this year. If Mertz were to go down, who will that guy be? That's a storyline you could see solved as early as tomorrow. So I'm excited to watch Wisconsin, Illinois State Saturday, 6 o'clock at Camp Randall. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. Mike Clemens is joining us next. The Greg Jennings conversation uh, will continue. Again, Bill and Mike, much better equipped to have that conversation than myself. Uh, It's one we've been having for the last hour-ish, and Mike and Bill, definitely better to get into that topic than myself. Admittedly, I have not been in the state as long as, as either of them. They know more about, they have forgotten more about the Packers than I know, for being completely honest, given how long they've been in the business and and the depth of their knowledge there. So we're going to step away. Mike Clemens joins us next. He will be here throughout the rest of the show. Bill will hop back on as well. And we send you out to the weekend and then into Packers week one. That is coming up next. It's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Quite frankly, I want to see how these practices go. I told the guys I, I didn't think yesterday's practice was good enough. It's given these guys a great opportunity to go out there and show what they can do. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur, head coach here at Green Bay Packers. A reminder, we are broadcasting live at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson today. Special day here because we are promoting not only the hometown rally in the weekend, but obviously the 15th annual Big Una Poker Run coming up this Sunday. We are going to be uh, taken off from MKE Brewing on 9th Street. Thanks to our friends from the police department, the fire department, all the volunteers that are involved. But we can't do it without you. So we are still pressing forward. We're trying to set that record. That's that's the goal. Set the record this year. Uh, so many people have shared it. So many people have become involved. And I, I have a really good feeling that we're going to break the record of over 800 motorcycles and I don't know, maybe 1,200 people or something to that extent, but it, it's for a great cause. It's Fisher House, Wisconsin, uh, servicing and helping out those in need when it comes to military members, their families, also veterans, and they're very vulnerable at that time when they're staying at the VA and they're receiving treatment. So we really, really, really appreciate all the help, all the support, all the love that you have given us, shown us. Thanks to Jesse James Dupree of the band Jackal, Mike Wangren from the band Disturbed, all showing up and wanting to be a part of it. It's just awesome, just awesome. Thanks so much for being a part of all of this. And we thank our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson as well for being the landing spot. Don't forget the party afterwards is is great. <laughs> we got a uh, flyover from the Warbirds. They're going to be here. We're going to have uh, Hairbangers Ball on one stage, Rebel Grace on the other. There's going to be music and food and beverages and prizes and, oh, my goodness. And it's all for an incredible cause. And it's all donated. So thanks to all of you for being a part of it. And thanks to our friends at Fox 6 for covering it as well mike clemens covering the green bay packers on the line and michael uh as we sit here we get ready for this this season to get underway we're all anticipating the green bay packers taking the field in in minneapolis but uh, they still have a little bit of ways to go and some guys to see if they're going to be okay to play even on that opener right billy training camp is over so i don't need to talk about guys that players that you know most of the listeners have never really heard of before they're not familiar with I don't, you know, they, they, they kept 11, all 11 draft picks on the original 53-man roster. We don't have to talk about bubble guys. We don't have to talk about the 6th or 7th offensive linemen and all that. 
we need to start talking about the starting 22 and who's going to be ready and who are you counting on. And I just thought it was very curious on cutdown day Tuesday why they waited until essentially, you know, the last hour or two before they took Mason Crosby off the PUP. And, you know, they did end up signing the kid that was kicking in backup, you know, or actually kicking in, in all the preseason games as Ramiz Ahmed. They were able to sign him the next day to the practice squad. But to me, of all the question marks, because I'm, I've already checked off that Elton Jenkins and certainly David Bakhtiari are not going to play next week Sunday against the Vikings. Right. So the next guy on that list of are you ready is Mason Crosby. And he did a luncheon event, and I've got some fans that sat next to him and you know, he pretty much said the same thing. Yeah, everything's it's on track. But we talked to Mason about nine or ten days ago, and we asked him, does he think that he'll be back from knee surgery in time for week one at the Vikings? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting all the marks. So, uh, you know, as of right now, this is uh, six weeks out. So that was kind of the goal was to be kind of progressing and kicking more at this point. And, uh, you know, I hit a set inside today and, uh, you know, felt really good. And so... Uh, I'm just going to kind of keep building off of that. Um, but, yeah, the, the goal is obviously to be, be full go and ready to go by week one. So, Mike, Mason Crosby coming back, he has that knee surgery. Um, there had to be at some point when you start to think of your age, of the length of your career, what happened last year, <laughs> obviously, like – you have the knee surgery. Does this mean that the possibility of your career could be over or the ability for you to come back is genuine? The drive to come back is genuine. The feel that you're going to be back with, with the team is genuine. You know, that's an interesting point because what we, here's what happens. I mean, he gets through last season. Yeah. He was having trouble with the holder and, and the operation, et cetera, again. Uh, but you, he gets to the in, to camp in the OTAs, and he's got this pain in the right knee, in the kicking leg that he has not had before. And he says, you know, I've been in the NFL since 2007. It ends up being some wear and tear. So uh, you asked him, have there been some days that following that knee surgery when they decided during OTAs, all right, let's go in there and clean it up. Let's do it now. We think we could get you ready by September. Well, there's some times following that surgery that he was concerned how long this would take to heal. Well, I mean, you're always just kind of trying to, you know, push all that, you know, all those thoughts out of the back, you know, out of, out of your mind because, you know, ultimately it is, you know, it's a tight time frame and it's something that, uh, you know, I'm pushing really hard to make happen. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's just what are my goals? How am I going to, you know, try to achieve those? And, uh, you know, just trying to take each day, you know, as it, as it is, you know, it's like, all right, how's, how's the body feel? How's the knee feel? Um, you know, I can control my mindset and I can control those things. So I'm just, I'm definitely, you know, leaning into that and making sure that uh, the controllables are, are all very positive and in place. And then, uh, you know, just keep pushing forward. So yeah, all that, all of that negative thought of like, you know, you know, could I not be ready? All those, that stuff is just, uh, you know, that's what it is. It's negative, and it's not, uh, you know, not the mindset I'm having. Mike, come Sunday, what will determine whether or not he will? I mean, you would assume at this point that he will he will play and he will kick, but what do you think will determine whether he does kickoffs uh, and uh, PATs and or field goals or if he just does field goals and PATs? Um. Obviously, uh, they'll probably determine that at Friday's practice, maybe the walkthrough on Saturday. But I, this, I thought, was a very interesting comment from him because it's like, okay, 
Right now, he is kicking. He says he's kicking indoors. Okay, great. Um, but the, now they're trying to figure out what they're not telling us is how he's feeling the next day or how long it's taking to respond. And the next question that he brings up in here is, maybe I'm good for the first week or two, but what if this thing creeps back up during the season? So you know, the question was, will the leg strength, if you know that you've got the muscles back there 100%, is that going to determine if you're ready to kick in games in September? Yeah, I think I think it's some of its leg strength, but it's you know it's more just you know being able to know that I can you know go through a whole game and a whole season and you know know that my my stamina and like the the stuff is there and that uh, you know, I'm not going to have restriction in you know in my motion. So um, you know like today felt really good, felt like I was uh, able to you know hit a really good set. I think I hit like 30 balls and uh, you know backed it up pretty you know pretty you know solid and um, you know so for me it's going to be all right. How does it feel tomorrow? How does it feel the next day? And, uh, you know, and then going from there. So just trying to be really, you know, truthful with myself and, like, you know, what, uh, what my body is telling me and, uh, you know, and then uh, pushing it as hard as I can. So, Mike, uh, the, the other question I have for you is we all know special teams has been the Achilles heel of this thing, at least for a short period of time. So how much has Bisaccia helped him, groomed him, changed him, changed the mode, you know, that kind of thing? Well, so far, what we've seen in practice has been impressive. Aaron Rodgers says it's legit the way they run it, although the numbers were not there in the preseason. We talked about how bad the, the, the punt game was where you had good punts from Pat O'Donnell, 56 yards, 60 yards, and 38, giving up 38-yard returns. You punted four or five times, and the Chiefs were able to get 118 yards in returns back. So the team will tell you, well, that's because we got third and fourth stringers out there that we're trying out. Those aren't the real guys. So you ask Mason Crosby, so what's Bisaccia like? What can he offer you, you, who's been in the league for 16 years, uh, to, to help you improve your game? You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's always good to kind of have like a, you know, a shift in mindset. You know, you do something long enough. Um, you know, I think he's, he's done a good job of just, uh, you know, continually to have conversations about, uh, you know, what, what we're trying to accomplish this year and, uh, you know, expectations. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very appreciative of, uh, you know, that open and honest uh, communication that, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to build something, you know, really special, you know, on this, uh, on the refense side of the ball. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, want to be a big part of that. And so, uh, you know, that communication has been, uh, you know, really solid. And he's just a super confident human being that, uh, you know, knows exactly what he wants. And, and I, I definitely I like that. You know, there's just no, uh, you know, no guessing where you stand with, uh, with Rich. And so that's, uh, that's been real positive. Mike, uh, I, I love the fact that there is so much good there for the, for the special teams. And there's, it seems like everybody's really, kind of taken to Ritz Passaccia, you know what I mean, it, which is awesome, don't get me wrong, but the ultimate is going to be the proof of the pudding once they get everybody together, and I know Passaccia and Brian Gutekunst, they have their ideas as to what, obviously they've made changes, but what's gone wrong, then the preseason wasn't necessarily good, there's a lot there to fix, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Gutekunst said on Wednesday, look, we don't ever, ever totally reinvent in Green Bay. But he admitted he had to make some adjustments. Because what did Ted Thompson say when he came to the final 53? At the end of the day, is it a football player? Is the guy smart? Can he play defense? Can he play offense? Can he play on special teams? He looked for versatile players. But Goodkins admitted, you know what? On this 53, 
we probably had to make room for four or five guys where we don't care if they can play corner. We're more interested if they can play gunner. And he's had to go out and sign a couple of guys like that. And as for Basaccia, he says, my, my, my act, my gig is not that I'm changing it every week or strategizing. I, this goes back to 25 years ago. I teach fundamentals that I've been teaching for 25 years. I need to find guys who can do it. This is what Basaccia had to say. If you go back to my days at Clemson in 95, we're, we're doing the same thing. And we're calling it the same thing. And we're, you know, guys that I had in 2002 could walk in today and call our pump protection and call our pump returns. And now the system's expanded a little bit, but the, the base system um, has been in place for a long time. The fundamentals, the body position, where your eyes go, where your hands go, what it should look like um, has been in place for a long time. So in this league, you can't go visit other teams. So when you watch tape, you're kind of stealing things that are good and try to get better um, and put them your own maybe spin to it, right? Um, and we didn't invent the chicken. We just try to make it taste better. But the system has been the system. And when you have good players, the system looks really good. Yeah, I think any time, you know, you've gone a little length of time and not have the success that we've had, we've got to get better there to accomplish the goals that this team wants to accomplish. We have to be better. Uh, I think we will be. And um, we've certainly invested a lot in that, not only Coach Passaccia, but some of the guys we brought in. Let's do this. Uh, great discussion. Great stuff coming from Mike Clemens. We are broadcasting live at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Getting ready for the hometown rally weekend. They opened up at 9. Things are cooking. Bands tonight. All kinds of good stuff over the weekend. And the ride culminating here on Sunday. We appreciate you being a part of the program. We'll be back. More with Mike Clemens coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's, it's go time now, you know, the preseason training camp. Every day we're so focused and locked in on that day, trying to get through that day, uh, trying to get better at, at, in that situation. But now it, there's a sense of urgency that, that shifts when you get pro from preseason to regular season to the postseason. So that, that happens every year. That's just uh, the way it goes in this league. Oh, we're back. We're shifting. We feel football are coming. College football kicking off this weekend, pro next weekend. Packers are in Minneapolis. We're going to be there to cover it all for you, especially after the fact. Uh, the Green and Gold postgame show will air live from Minneapolis. We're looking forward to it. Mike Clemens, our guy on the ground. And the number one question everybody has coming into this season, Mike, is the offense and what they see or what we haven't seen because we really haven't seen the full offense on the field as of yet. But a lot of the young guys are starting to make impressions. A lot of listeners, Bill heard that the Packers only kept the two running backs on the 53-man roster with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Why didn't they keep Tyler Goodson on there as a third running back? Uh, or Patrick Taylor, the bigger guy who's good at pass protection. Uh, and, you know, my hypothesis is because they really aren't going to run the football that much more this year, or at least to get started. They're waiting for Kylan Hill to come back from his ACL. They were impressed by him last year as a kick returner and number three running back. But in the meantime, we're talking about what are the top things that LaFleur is worried about right now. So we talked about the, probably the biggest question mark is, is Mason Crosby going to be not only good for the Vikings, but good for the season? Because as you heard from Mason, he's not sure. Let's just say that Elton Jenkins and David Bakker are coming back a little bit later in the season. So you know who your offensive line is. You were able to run them in the preseason games. The next question is this uh, you know, younger receiver crowd, uh, and, and how do the ones look? Because Aaron Rodgers did not get that many snaps 
with us uh, that we saw in camp with Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb because of Watkins and Cobb missing some time with injuries. They didn't play in the preseason. So after Wednesday's practice, which Roger says was the best of camp because it felt like a game, like almost four quarters of game-like conditions, you know, what did he see on offense from, like, number 87, Romeo Dobbs, the rookie, or number nine, Christian Watson, who could be ready to go against the Vikings in that game-like conditions drill practice on Wednesday? About what it was a few weeks ago. You know, I think today is – there's evidence of uh, immaturity at times when you're in these live situations where we're moving the football and there's rapid fire plays and the play clock is on and there's live reactions and adjustments in real time and because of that you know we're, we're going to have to be patient with 87 and 9 but I tell you what ever since the Saints practice the first one Sammy has been a different player and he's been super reliable and every practice made a bunch of plays. Today he had a bunch of plays again. I thought Kabi, in the last eight days or so, has practiced really, really well. And he had another good practice today. And he caught a touchdown in the, to end the two-minute drive for us on a deep corner route. So I'm really happy with those two guys, especially. Bobby being out there is a difference maker. He just instinctually has a different feel than those other guys. Um, and I would love to see Big Dog get some more reps as well because he's just such an important part of our offense. But the other guys that really had a nice practice were our backs. A.J. had one period where I think four catches in the period um, on one drive, and two of them were not very good throws. So just, again, he's a very steady guy, and I like what I saw all camp from him in 33 and the older receivers today. So they're going to need the tight end play as well. I mean, we talk so much about the loss of wide receiver and loss of Devontae Adams specifically and where all those catches and those yards and those touchdowns are going to come from. One of the areas they're going to need, Mike, is the tight end position. And Robert Tanyan, I think they're going to rely on. He may not be the guy that's going to continually get passes down the field, but I think in the red zone he's going to become more prevalent. How much did they probably miss Robert Tanyan last December when you started to see the offensive numbers start to fall back so that's the good news today i think tunyon's going to be able to go against the vikings because you know i'm hearing now about the reps he's taking with the one the 11 on 11 team drills and you know robert tunyon coming back from an acl what he's talking about you know i'm feeling better and better every day after i put this thing through a two-hour practice just more and more every day feeling it it's, it's kind of nice and honestly i just kind of like implement it more and more day to day just um i feel better every day surprise myself all the time so just continuing to make those strides and then you know implementing contact is like the biggest thing right now the one guy that uh, i thought was uh, gonna make the team then didn't and well numerous guys i thought might make the team and they didn't but then they go out and find themselves a guy like rudy ford and they really needed to solidify the back end of that defense. Even though on paper, Mike, the the front 22 all look great. I mean, this team looks really, really strong. Uh, they still tried to fortify the back end, the, the depth of this team, right? They signed. They went out and signed a gunner that was on waivers this uh, Wednesday after they got to the 53-man roster. Now, you know, I heard the name Rudy Ford is going to sign with the Packers. And it's like, well, I remember him. I remember him from a couple of years ago with the Cardinals. Yeah, whatever happened to him? 
So Rudy Ford starts off with the Cardinals in a couple of games that the Packers played against them, and he was all over the field like a fifth man on the on in the secondary and showed up as a gunner on special teams. But then uh, he had he had played ten games one year out there, and then he had a knee injury, went on IR. Then the 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 Cardinals traded into the Eagles because they needed more help on their defensive front, and the Eagles were pretty good there. So they brought in Bruce Hector out to Arizona, and they sent Rudy Ford to the Eagles. Well, then he ends up having like a, an abdomen, uh, abdomen injury in practice, shut him down. The next year, um, he had to go on IR again, or at least for a while, with a hamstring injury. And then, so the Eagles ended up letting him go. He gets picked up by the Jaguars. He goes through that Urban Meyer nonsense last year uh, and then he gets released by the Jaguars because they need guys that are better at corner not just a specialist at gunner so you talk to you know Rudy Ford about gosh you know you've gone through Arizona Philadelphia these injuries you land in Green Bay and they put you immediately on the practice field you know you've been on kind of a whirlwind tour I mean the transition um, you know I just kind of honestly I'm just um, this this is a complete organization you know, um, Jacksonville is definitely, you know, they, they definitely um, are trying to head in that direction themselves. They're trying to. And then also, um, in, uh, you know, when I come here, you know, it's just like walking in the building, see the Super Bowls, you just see um, how the culture is. Um, but, yeah, nah, man, I'm just excited to be here. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk, Mike, about whether or not the starters should have played or the some of the starters should have played more because of what happened last year against the Saints. And uh, going back to what Aaron Rodgers talked about, that, that simulated practice, simulated game practice they had on Wednesday before everybody kind of you know cut loose to parts unknown, uh, I think they're trying to take a couple of lessons from last year's beatdown at the hands of the New Orleans Saints to maybe correct a few things before they get into the regular season without playing the starters in the preseason, right? Right. And here's what Packer fans should feel confident about. Great defensive line. You got Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. You brought in Jerron Reed from the Chiefs. He's a six-year veteran. You got T.J. Slayton. You got depth. I didn't even have to get to Devontae Wyatt, the rookie. You know, you got plenty of rotation up there on the front line. Then on the back end, tremendous, man. You got Eric Stokes and you got Jair. And you got Rasul Douglas, you know, in, in the slot. And you got Darnell Savage back from his hamstring and Adrian Amos back there at safety. So this is great. Maybe the only question mark against the Vikings is Quay Walker. He's a rookie. And if he gets in and over his head next alongside Devondre Campbell, they can yank him and put in Chris Burks, who's been your, your uh, Chris Barnes, who's been your starter the last two years at inside linebacker. So the next question is, are these guys tackle ready? Are they ready to get physical? And I thought Adrian Amos made a really good point because, you know, it was Mercedes Lewis that said, well, maybe that 38-3 to blowout in Jacksonville to the Saints, was that turned out to be our preseason game for us 30 veterans that didn't play in the preseason. Here's what Adrian Amos had to say about that. The first game was in Jacksonville. It was 115 degrees. We was going to be tired whether we played the last preseason game or not. If if you you want to say that fatigue was the uh, a factor, um, I don't think we were sluggish. We we went out and and got beat. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It's nothing that you could say. Oh well, if you had played three snaps, which you pro- we probably would have played in the third preseason games. Yeah, we would have been able to last longer. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not. It's not something you can pick out and be like, yeah, we should have should have played. 
Um, let's do this. Uh, I know we're a little bit late for break. We'll take one here. We'll come back more with Mike Clemens as we close things out on this uh, heading into a Labor Day weekend. College football kicking off tomorrow. Pro football, pro football week from Sunday for the majority of uh, NFL teams. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. We got more right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When you play for the Green Bay Packers, a lot of doors open up. When you win a Super Bowl, all doors open up. But when you make the Hall of Fame, football heaven opens up. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Good stuff. Leroy Butler, the leaper. The leaper there. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us. And, Mike, you know, it was long overdue for Leroy. Leroy gets a chance to speak to the team and start to become more a part of the Green Bay Packers, which is something I know he wanted to do. Uh, so just interesting. Matt LaFleur even talked a bit, little bit about it. It's been long overdue that he wanted to get uh, Leroy in there and to, you know, kind of show his face and presence a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And, the, you know, when you're a good leader, when you're a good motivator, timing is everything. And so LaFleur waits a couple of weeks after Leroy has been on TV and in Canton and his bust. And now the 22-year-old's like, oh, yeah, I just saw Yeah, he was a Packer. I just saw him. And now, he, now he's in your locker room. LaFleur called him about a week ago. Now, LaFleur was like almost 25 minutes late to his press conference, and here's how it started. Good afternoon. Sorry I'm late. Got, uh, we had Leroy Butler here today. It was a great honor to hear him talk and just what it means to be a Green Bay Packers. But I'll tell you what, what type of person it says about him in terms of driving all the way up here from Milwaukee talking for about 10 minutes and then turning around and driving back. I mean, I think that says something about just how much he cares about this organization. And, man, it was it was a pretty cool speech. One of the best speeches that I've heard in the last decade, he just talked from the heart, and it was a message that I think we could all relate to. So I really appreciated Coach giving him the opportunity. I've always enjoyed listening to him talk and being around him. The few times I've gotten a chance to be around him. But it was a message that we, we can all relate to. Morgan actually talked after practice as well. And the messages are, are similar in it goes by fast this game and the most important thing is the perspective to stay in the moment to cherish the opportunities to not let a day go by without working on your craft and getting better and to find time to connect with your teammates because as he said as i've said many times the best teams are the most connected teams so love what uh leroy said love what morgan said today and that's the beauty in in this organization is you can bring guys back in the fold like that and they want to, like Mo, wants to retire a Packer. It's important him to be here. Leroy wants to be here to be a part of what we're doing. You know, I think about our, our run in 2010. Willie Davis was always around, wants to be a part of it. And the organization wants them to be a part of it, too. And there's no place like uh, like this place. So, Mike, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers says there's no place like this place. And, people want to be a part of it and he had had some issues and i don't even know if they're resolved or not with with greg obviously but uh you know and we were just talking about this before we brought you on about the sensitivity between greg and greg jenks mike you and i were in miami when greg came over and spoke glowingly of aaron Rodgers, and but he was real honest about a lot of things and i i think some people 
kind of misconstrued honesty to criticism. And if you, you're honest, you're honest. You're not telling lies. Maybe you're telling things that you shouldn't necessarily say, but you're being honest about certain things, right? Greg Jennings and Tim Harris, you know, the six-shooter, the guy who had a lot of quarterback sacks for the Packers in the late 80s as a defensive and an outside linebacker, inducted last night at the right. atrium into the Packer Hall of Fame. Now, this rift between Rodgers and Greg Jennings goes back to 2010 when Greg Jennings and Clay Matthews were part of that 60 Minutes piece, and they, they talked about, you know, like, don't talk, don't, don't tell Aaron Rodgers he looks smaller than you thought in person. And here's, what, here's Greg and Clay Matthews on 60 Minutes. He's sensitive, so you got to be careful what you say around him. Sensitive. You know, he takes everything to heart. What kind of things are you talking about? Like, uh, once he sees this interview, he's going to be sensitive to what the fact that we're saying he's sensitive. So last night, Bill, he's, he's at the induction ceremony. And, you know, he has called out Aaron Rodgers' leadership at times. When he was yeah. on your show, he clarified, look, the Packers did not offer me what they're telling people they did. I had so much more of a better deal that, you know, my agent said, you got to take the offer from the Vikings. It was $14 million more. And so last night, Greg Jennings says he was stunned that the Packers welcomed him back to put him into their team hall of fame. This Packer family will always be family to me. No matter what family goes through, family always finds a way to make it right. And this moment, why it's so important to me, is because I never thought, I never even considered this moment. It was never in my dreams. It was never a desire of mine. But it's here. And it's not here just because of me. It's here because of the family that recognized what I provided in that locker room, on that field. And, uh, Mike, if you can't tell, he's emotional there. He's, he's, a he's very guy. humble to come back, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I know, I understand people, you know, Packer fans' anger that, you know, why did he leave the team? Of all teams to go to, why did he have to go to the Vikings and all that? Uh, I, why is this guy, you know, telling inside secrets about Aaron Rodgers and attacking this team that drafted him? And, you know, well, you know, he helped you get to a Super Bowl. And I'm just telling you, a, a plenty of the things that Greg Jennings has said, you could back up as fact. And don't forget some of the things that, Brett Favre has said about the Green Bay Packers after he left. You know, Aaron Rodgers just told that story two weeks ago about Kenny Clark being told, hey, get your playbook, we're going to cut you, and they got the number wrong. I mean, Aaron Rodgers right. has called out the organization. So, you know, you got to take that into account if you're in the Greg Jennings hater club. You know? Mike, great stuff, buddy. Enjoy your uh, Labor Day weekend because next week we all start to do it for real. Safe travels to everybody in the poker run this weekend. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's our pal Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes. If you have not registered yet, you still got time, less than 24 hours, but get registered. Go to FisherHouseWI.org. And uh, as far as I know, we are closing in on our record for the most bikes ever registered, pre-registered. But registration is open. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., just come on down Sunday morning. Even if you didn't pre-register, you can get registered, and we hope to see you on the ride this coming Sunday from MKE Brewing. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.